Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcasts. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today I'm going to talk with David about personal experiences with self-talk. You will be amazed by how powerful your inner voice is. Hey David, Grandpa, I have a serious question for you. If, as I have been saying, anyone can succeed, then why doesn't everyone succeed? The answer is, they don't use self-talk effectively. Either they tell themselves inconsistent messages, or they don't believe the message they're telling themselves. The reasons why they might fail pop up in the back of their mind. It might be, I can't. It might be more subtle than that. Someone got in my way, or circumstances prevented me, or the time wasn't right, or whatever. These are just excuses. One who deeply believes the goal that he set, the message that he is telling himself, and seizes it as a real goal, not just a wish, he'll find a way to succeed. I can state this with great certainty, because that's the way our minds work. Now, let me tell you something embarrassing about me. I was about your sister's age, about 17 years old at the time. She might have been my first serious girlfriend. Her name was Mary. I met her when I visited another church across the valley from where I lived and attended. I went every Sunday evening. I was drawn by three young ladies, Loretta, Sue, and Mary. Mary was the youngest. She and I always planned something special for after church. The parking lot behind the church building had been cut into a hillside. The surface was graded gravel. To get to my car, I either had to take a long sidewalk to the driveway or go over and down the bank directly into the lot. I was 17. At the time, going down the bank seemed like me the best option. So, down the bank I went. It was a steep incline at about a 10-foot drop. Running down the incline, I made it to the bottom, where the ground abruptly leveled off. That's where I lost my balance. That's also where my self-talk ruined my evening. Across the way, over by my car about 40 feet away, there was a large, shallow puddle. It had just rained. Beyond the puddle was my car. Most of the gravel parking lot was dry, just that lone puddle between me and the car. So, there I was, unbalanced and moving forward, 
trying to get my feet under me in time to stop, stand upright, and walk to the car. But as I was in the state of unbalanced and not yet recovered, I said to myself, I sure hope I don't fall into that puddle. I only said it once, but once was enough. I made it all the way across the parking lot before I fell chest first into the puddle. As I said, I had plans to go out after church and get something to eat. But I was wet from shirt to socks. Instead, I went over to her house and borrowed some of her father's clothes while Mary and her mom washed and dried my clothes. My goal-setting self-talk sure gave me something to think about. I don't remember anything else about that evening. David, that was almost 60 years ago. Yet it is emblazoned into my memory. What sticks with me most is that my body did exactly what my mind told it to do. Let's unpack that. When I said, I hope I don't fall into the puddle, my self-talk made a goal and my subconscious took hold of it like this. Fall into the puddle. Obviously, my subconscious treated it as a serious goal. My motor system found a way to keep me upright all the way across the parking lot until I came to the puddle. Then it fulfilled its goal by letting me fall there. Not before the puddle or beyond it, but into it. The mind does not understand no, not, don't, or any other negating additives. All it understands is the goal. In my case, the goal was fall into the puddle. Sadly, I'm the one who put it there. What if instead I had said, I'll regain my balance before I get to the car? That would have accomplished the same desired end of avoiding the puddle, but it would have informed my mind in a totally more powerful way. It still would have had the stay upright, as part of the motor response, but it would also had get to the car in exchange for fall into the puddle. I shot myself in the foot, but I learned a powerful lesson about the power my thoughts have over the outcome of my endeavors. And I want you to see it too. They have a smart car, but it's pretty stupid. Not, not really. It was programmed that way, and it's only doing what its program told it to do. So, its programmers didn't understand this principle. Why am I saying this? Because every time I turn the engine off, it tells me, don't forget your cell phone. Not only does this put the wrong goal into my mind, forget your cell phone, but it's wordier then the positive alternative, remember your cell phone. David, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Learning how to positively affirm your goals or your directives. Here is an important way to use that same principle. Around the dinner table when I was a child, whenever I or my siblings would say something with food in our mouths, 
mom or dad would say, don't talk with your mouth full. They were sending mixed messages. Their goal differed from the goal they implanted in our heads. Let's do a deep dive. What goal did they set for me? The answer is easy. Talk with your mouth full. You see, as in my mud puddle example, my mind did not and cannot factor in the negating additive. In this case, don't. My mind just doesn't hear that. All it heard and accepted as a goal was the positive statement, talk with your mouth full, which, as in my mud puddle experience, was counterproductive. I learned from that experience to phrase such a directive differently. I told my children, always wait till your mouth is empty to talk. You might say, what's the difference? Clearly, it's the same ultimate goal, but also clearly it was stated positively and put the target I had in mind, foodless conversation, into their minds more powerfully and without conflicting messages. Consider how this might apply to other parental directives. For example, instead of saying, don't run in the house, you might try saying, we always walk in the house. The same goes for scissors. I know you can see the principle and how true and useful it is. You will find many other ways to state goals and directives positively, whether you're guiding other people in their decisions or whether you're thinking about your goals and activities. Always remember to state your goals positively. Look to the end effect you desire and tell yourself or others positively how to get there. In 1960, Maxwell Maltz wrote his famous Psycho-Cybernetics, a book that discusses and describes how our minds, the psyche, use goal-setting and feedback to manipulate our bodies into achieving any goal we set. That's the cybernetics part. The word comes from the Greek and means governor or controller. So the title actually means using the mind, the psyche, to set and control goal achievement, cybernetics. His illustration, at least the one I recall, had to do with the programming in a torpedo that allows it to hit its target. The process is simple to state, but requires complex electronics to accomplish. The target is set, an enemy destroyer. The torpedo is launched. Sonar in the torpedo reads the torpedo's direction, compares it to the target's location, and makes whatever course corrections are necessary to ultimately hit the target. Maltz took that model and presented how our mind-body connection compares to it, only with greater complexity. Here's a simple illustration for you, D. Whenever Grandma and I fly out to see her family, we always depart from SeaTac International Airport here in Seattle. Also, we always fly into Buffalo International Airport in New York. From there, we cross the Niagara River and drive to her brother's house. The thing I like about flying is that everybody's up in the air about something. Seriously, though, think about the flight with me. 
I know the destination, Buffalo. And I know the pilot knows it too. I even know that the flight computer also knows it. But here's the thing that you probably didn't know and most people don't know. 95% of the flight, the airplane is not pointed at Buffalo. It's off course. Jet streams and other air currents easily blow us off course. Thunderstorms or other turbulent air force us to bypass or go around, also taking us off course. 95% of the time that we're up in the air, we're either on the right-hand side or the left-hand side of the as-the-crow-flies line to our goal. Amazingly, though, we always land in Buffalo. The pilot and the autopilot each ably read the heading at any given juncture and course-correct as needed to assure that the plane arrives at its destination. They compensate for every wind or disruption. They constantly seek out the goal that was set from the beginning. You also have that amazing power. Every worthy goal will encounter strong winds to blow you off course. Or it will have obstacles, like turbulent air, that force you to choose a different route. But since you have a goal guiding your choices and actions, and since it is a worthy goal held firmly and passionately in your mind, you will course correct with some goals and circumstances many times. But as long as you hold the goal and believe it, you will arrive. I deplane in Buffalo. You achieve your goal. We both win. God built us that way. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about what my favorite motivational speaker has to say about goals. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a a joy-filled week. week.